Welcome, Barflies. You already know who it is. It's Big Dan. Big Dan. Rodan. Coming to you live from the 215, your comic book connoisseur, your Somali of sci-fi and superheroes here to welcome you to the Blurred Bar. One more time. Last time. Yes. I'm that man in the headband, and uh, Cobb is not here. Cobb had plans. Spring break is happening, so it's fine. But it's... Read my mind. Uh, but as you can always see, I'm never by myself. No, no. Because if I was, I would need help. Jayhawk, talk to him. Yo, how you doing? It's the last ascent in the Yasuke sub overdub for all anime. Salsa dancing ninja stay on his toes. Got a sake flight ready to go or Japanese whiskey. It's your boy Hawkins Hanzo. Yes. And we have a dope guest. Dope like, guest. Super Dope hot casket. fire. One of one of I I don't want to say up and coming because I feel like he's been here for he's a been while. Doing this for a minute. So like but like he's definitely been blowing up and I'm really excited to get into it today. Well, and the he's legend. Not just like a guest. He's our friend. He's a good friend. Right? We we've chatted yes. with him multiple times and yes. I think all the times have been over an hour. Yeah. Yes, easily. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we can stick to a tight forty-five. If we can't, it's because we're friends, right? Um, and limitations, limitations. Uh, and it's really cool to be friends with somebody that you know has potential beyond like local greatness, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you, yo, yeah. that's that's ridiculous. Thank you. No, nah, man. I mean, you working at this? Yeah. We just started. Oh, oh. You've been here, yeah. and you put in the work. <laughs> I don't. I feel like you don't know how big you are, and that's fair. And that's that's a good place to be in when you don't know how big you I, are. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Keeps you humble. It keeps you where you need to be, and keeps you in the pocket. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> for the benefit of the audience, it allows you to continue to be real. Mm, um, sure. Because the moment you catch, once you start smelling yourself, then you know. <laughs> It could be different. It could so. be different. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> so Pride comes before a fall. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Oh, uh, well, yeah. You, um, you, you just don't know the hand. <laughs> so without further ado, it is my honor, my pleasure, and privilege privilege to welcome you, Kenny Tomcat, to the bar. To the bar. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Now you you already have a a handle and an art name and all that stuff, but do you prefer to be called Kenny? Uh, I know we call you Kenny, but I don't know if you want the barflies to be calling you Kenny. So that's I prefer to be called Kenny. Kenny is like you know that that's the most that's the most common name I answer to. Um, Although like Tom Tomcat, I've gotten all of that and and. I've actually learned to answer to those because it took me a while to understand that people were talking to me. I'm like, well, who? oh, yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I do sign it that way. Okay, yeah. You, that's yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like in the world of like alter egos, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like as nerdy as nerdy gets. Mm-hmm. So I like alter egos. I like mm-hmm. something different, something mysterious. Mm-hmm. And so um, I also didn't want to have any issues with work and play. Mm-hmm. So, Tomcat Twenty Three became my like moniker for all the stuff I wanted to do that wasn't related to the work world. <laughs> mm. Because when you design and uh, create art for a living and design and create art for play, 
kind of hard to separate between. Mm-hmm. I, t- yeah. Hmm. That's why no one at work calls me Big Dan. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so I start wondering, like, whoa, what do you know? Right. right. So I think. Excuse me. Wait, wait, wait. Where'd you get this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Nani? Is it this one? Yes. Nani? There it is. Um, but to get into that, uh, if you could tell us, I guess, a little bit about. I guess your origin story, how you, how you came to be, uh, in this space. Um, let's get into it. Yeah. Let's, let's okay. I was once a small lad. <laughs> 40 score years ago. Right? Like, years ago. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway. Um, I grew up, uh, I grew up part of the time in the Virgin islands, uh, St. Croix, St. Croix, Virgin Island. Okay. Um, I was born here on vacation. My mom came up to visit family and, had me while here and stayed until I was of age to travel on a plane. So I've been on a plane, like, basically <laughs> before I could walk or talk. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, my family was, uh, I came from two different worlds. One part of my family came from the islands. My dad from Trinidad, my mom from North Philly. Hey. So, oh, wait. That's, that's a very different split. So when I came up here, I went from going to like a private Christian school in the Virgin Islands to going to like Vault Junior High, which was like had a good chess team. Had a good chess team. Uh, <laughs> and they had a good chess team. <laughs> Wait, they may have had a good chess team. <laughs> so when I'm picking up the experience up here was like kind of wild because it was it was it was um, I was getting straight A's as a student because I could sit down and be quiet mm-hmm. and the way that i kept from getting bullied basically was drawing mm-hmm. i would like do comics like i would do daffy duck bugs bunny this that and the other plus i was a mimic so i could actually do the voice impression to go along with the drawing mm-hmm. so people used to love that i mean he used to troll people in class with that type of stuff when i was a kid <laughs> so between that and like um basketball which i absolutely am a basketball fiend mm-hmm. And comic books, those were the ways I kept kept my brain together. And I was also in choir and played uh, clarinet for a little bit until I got tired of it. Wow. So you really got that dog in them. That's you what it ran is. the spectrum <laughs> of it. That's really cool. I, I love being busy. That's kind of my mindset. I like, I like doing things. I like doing new things. And I'm constantly trying to add new things to what I do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So at what point did you really shift or or i guess make drawing your focal point as opposed to i mean i'm guessing it's always been a hobby and it's always been like fun for you to do um but at what point were you like oh i'm like paying bills or like you know what i mean like with this this <laughs> that actually started in okay hmm, there'll be two separate instances okay one is when i was in college i had an instructor that um i used to um, do illustrations for pieces and she gave me the advice of don't do illustrations for pieces. Go find somebody to do this for you. And you do a really good job with the layout. <laughs> so basically telling me I can't draw. Which is fun. So, so <laughs> later on, um, she moved on from the school. And when I was about to graduate, she contacted me again to work on a project for her, which ended up becoming a lot of stuff built around a drawing of mine. Oh, wow. Mm. 
and the campaign in, in Atlanta that ended Very up being like pretty much predicated around an illustration about. Mm-hmm. So you talk about turnabout being fair play. That's just and it ended up becoming like the first time that I, I feel like uh, my drawing, drawing style, and my thought process made money. Mm. Like, like really did it. Like mm. from design school to actually making something that made a profit. Mm. That's cool. All right, and then. As far as like drawing, drawing, I didn't get back into using drawing as my primary tool again until like, I'm going to say 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay. 2007, 2008, I was working for the Wells Fargo Center and I had to take, um, I had to take the, uh, was a Broad Street line the entire way, basically. Mm-hmm to get all the way up there to uh, to get all the way down to the stadiums. Mm-hmm. And so I was on the train for probably about an hour. So I used to draw robots, used to draw people, used to draw all kinds of stuff just to fill the time. Mm. And I'd take a picture of it when Instagram was new and I would post it. And I'd post the uh, blue line of the drawing in the morning. I'd do the ink in the afternoon and then a finish, like a digital finish at night. Oh wow! So it started to build an audience because people could see me consistently make something from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so that's why sometimes when I rail against uh, the, the chronological order on Instagram is because that's how I build a follower. Mm. And that's, mm. it's, it's funny you mention that because I feel like people don't get to see growth that way anymore. No. And yeah. you can't build on something. Or do a, a series of anything because chronological order just does not exist anymore. Yep. Well, also yeah. to that point, I think people want to see the finished product, right? Of course. So it's right. like, right. Uh, and Gary V talks about this a lot. Like he's like, you know, document your journey so that people can see it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting that you actually did that without even. You know, that's just like you just being you. Like, oh, like check this out, check this out, check this out. Yeah. Here's the final product. I think that's really cool. It was the way, well, thank you. That's the way that I initially started. And part of it was just so that, like, I have anxiety, especially in public places. I don't like staring at people because my natural instinct is to, like, bore a hole through somebody just staring. Mm. <laughs> and I feel like it's rude. Mm-hmm. I have to have a diversion, either, like, read a book or draw or something, mm-hmm. and drawing is it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's, yeah. I mean, now, to that point, because you... you you explained your process and so uh before we get into your villain arc right uh (laughs) when when was it that it turned from just employment to just passion because i feel like there's a moment when bills start getting paid from your work and it feels like work but then if you're really about that life passion takes it over and tells people no it tell it tells people this is what I'm going to do regardless uh, of how you I pay for it, like regardless of what you're asking for, uh, okay. the expectation. Uh, so when did the the passion really kick in for you to be like this is I'm going to be me in my art forever, and not oh. swayed by the dollar bill. I did, did, did that actually believe it or not came with the current client I have. Hmm. I have a client called Lucky Hair. Um, they're my um, they do a stuff for uh, beer cans yeah. and yeah, yeah, and stuff like um and labels. Well, when that business started, we all started together, based on pretty much none of us having anything. Mm. Like we were basically saying, "Hey, 
whoever gets to the finish line first, you know, contact the other. So all of a sudden I'm getting a, hey, we got the beer done. Think you could put a logo on it? I'd make a logo. Hey, we got this really crazy flavor. You want to make a label? We do a label. And then we started like, like basically the business is based on us going back and forth, freestyling between me as an artist and them as, 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 as beer craftsmen. You know yeah. what I mean? The perfect so, symbiotic relationship. Yeah. yeah. That's so like have people headed in a specific direction. So neither one is, is holding each other back. We're yeah. both kind of pushing as far as we can because the thing's got to be on shelves. It's got to sell. Mm-hmm. Okay. I. That's like, you can't ask for a better situation, to be honest. <laughs> At least it feels like, I feel like that's what everybody like hopes to have. Like, right. hey, like. Freedom. <laughs> freedom, but also you meet people of a like mindset of like, hey, you know, I'm an artist and, you know, I'm down to do work. And they're like, hey. It's, it's a level of trust that you don't see a lot of times in business. Mm. But the thing is, and this is this is something I tell every young creative out there. There is a level of sacrifice that comes early. Don't ever think that them, something's going to pay off early. Look for something that's going to be a longer investment, something that's going to pay you over time or Long grow time. over time and pay you more. Because if you start early looking for just instant money, that's great. But if it's somebody that knows that you're talented and always going to be waiting for your next thing, that's the people you want to talk to. They might not have money now, but they might be investing in the future. Just keep a check on them. Be hungry. I like that. Yeah. That was, that's really cool. I think, wow. I think it's also important to recognize that we review alcohol here. So right there, uh, we'll be in talks. If you guys are doing crazy flavors, we'd love to be, you know, your taste testers and and be out here. Yeah. Because it's not about, you know, if a product is good, right? Not just the art, but if the product is good and the art is good, yeah. Then, you know, why aren't people buying it? Right. It is simply just a matter of deciding, like, is it customer service? Is it marketing? Like where where's the breakdown that it hasn't blown up yet? And uh-huh. you know, all usually it's, usually it, that's the case is positioning. Mm-hmm. Positioning is usually the biggest issue. If you if you can't move it and all the other aspects are good, it's just not being positioned where people can see it. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Spe- um, speaking of visibility, right? Uh, I would love to talk about or DC. <laughs> and the MCU, and the DCU, <laughs> comics. Co- let's start with comics in general. Okay. How do you feel about the visibility of comics with this? Uh, I, it's not an explosion anymore, but there was an explosion of the superhero movies coming out and about. Um, how do you feel like that affected the comic book world? If it did affect the comic book now, world, now just to reiterate really quick. We have already talked to Jamar Nichol- Nicholas about this, uh, and oh, yeah. we got a perspective. But I feel like asking more artists about this. Everybody's gonna have a different scope. viewpoint, yeah. Uh, but I didn't want like our listeners to be like, "Hey, you asked that question before." <laughs> no, we're gonna ask, we're gonna, every artist we talk to, we're gonna ask this question. I heard that one. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, "They're doing the same thing." This isn't, you know, we're going to same jokes. It's not this, um, but it's it's an important question. I. Um, especially for people of the fan base to really see from different artists' perspective 
of like, do you really feel like there was a boom during the movies for comics? Like, did it support comics in the way that the companies thought it was going to do? Or, you know, also, did, they, did it suffer? I also, uh, I think really quickly, if you could give a quick rundown of the art that you do, because that's different. I feel like it's different than what Jamar Nicholas yes. does. So, like, oh, sure. to give context to, like, how you're seeing things evolve and or change or not, I would love for uh-huh. you to give a breakdown of, like, what what kind of art you do, and then we can get into, like, the, the comics, the craziness. My art, I'm not necessarily a comic book artist per se, but it is my primary way of speaking. Um, the, the work that I've made over the years is basically if you take political art and Mad Magazine and throw it together, that's kind of me. Um, it feels comic bookish because, I mean, uh, How to Learn the Marvel Way is like one of my, like, is one of my biggest influences. Mm. and essentially I'm when I look to be inspired I look in comic books I don't necessarily look in a lot of other places so the line weight the speed the look the feel and I, I generally pick around the seven between the 70s and early 90s of comics because they have a they have a different patina a different look it's when the paper was different and it used to absorb ink in a different way mm. so um it has a kind oh, of oil words that he was throwing out. Different patina, the line weight, like that's like, <laughs> asterisk those things and look it up later. Like, <laughs> I'm familiar with what he speaks of, but uh, you know, I just know it has something to do with comics. The pages did feel different, and they <laughs> they were printed differently. So, oh yeah, they they were definitely printed differently, and a lot of them, um, they had to lighten up on the color because it had very porous paper they couldn't afford like really like better paper so if you feel them they almost feel damp all the time <laughs> the, 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 that it that ink actually spreads like as soon as it's printed on it it was a sweaty it, book i was gonna say why'd you make it sound like they, they were kind of no, damp they were <laughs> it was moist a little bit swampy if you will it had a little swamp button but it's but, fine. No, like, <laughs> the paint feels so it's much it's swamp but it's like your like the, the lines in your thumb, which is like right. in a way that we're just like, uh, I was like, ah, I don't like this. <laughs> but yes, I'm sorry, you were saying. Oh, but um, so when it comes to that type of stuff, like um, my favorite one of my favorite artists is uh, Jack Kirby, and uh, Jack Kirby's stuff is especially things predicated on space. And a lot of his characters are based out of medieval armor. So his stuff is just absolutely a joy to just look at how it's constructed, put together, like all the um, the highlights, the, the the inking, beautiful work, and the color is just insane. Okay. So with that being said, how are you feeling about the media, I guess, the or the form of media, as it t- as it pertains to superheroes uh, in the video space or what is it visual space, and has that affected actually, comics? I actually think it is a it creates a feedback loop. I think that the comics are going to borrow from because comics have always borrowed from pop culture and then pop culture borrows from comics, so it's going to happen that whatever happens on the screen from Marvel ends up becoming on the pages of Marvel. And vice versa, because I mean, any of the all, all the stuff that's like right now on the screen is stuff that's already happened in the MCU in books. 
not in the same books, but in different books sporadically. So it's not, none of it's new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you say that, uh, to, to piggyback on that. I feel like we had that conversation before where, uh, if you look at some of the latest stuff in Marvel, like they gave Tony Stark, the very Robert Downey Jr. goatee mm-hmm. T'Challa was bald for the, the Christmas <laughs> run. And then all of a sudden, because Chadwick Boseman had hair, there's like nuances that they've given them uh each time i feel like uh bruce banner's face used to be like smaller and rounder and now it's Mm. longer and more square just so it kind of resembles uh an amalgam of uh ruffalo ruffalo and ed norton and they try to put all and eric banner all put together it's all (laughs) that's amazing and you know Steve Rogers gets a beard every once in a while now because Chris Evans did it. So yep. they, it is like they try to do some of these changes for the sake of getting new fans. But at the same time, you're like, these stories were already done mm-hmm. before the comic books, you know, like before the movies came out. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to read these stories in comic book form because well, it's years. Well, I would ask. I was going to ask uh, Tomcat Kenny. Um, Tomcat Kenny. <laughs> Tomcat um, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's funny. I love it. Um, I was going to ask: Have you noticed any? Uh, I guess I would call it crossover, or is has it? Do you think that the movies have been a gateway into comics, or vice versa? Comics into well, no. Game, mm-hmm. <laughs> movie into comics um whether that be like personal like was was there a character that you really didn't like guardians of the galaxy right there yeah. i heard that there weren't really a big thing comic book no. wise and then, like they had these movies and now was it yep. like for you like oh do i want to go back and revisit do i want to like pick something up or is was it just like ah, i i've been here before it's fine i got the t-shirt like <laughs> no well, well, some some characters that I think have been picked up that I now have an interest in that I didn't before. One is Moon Knight. I really didn't like know Moon Knight like that, and I don't know if the interpretation in the series is perfect or not. But I know I like it. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? I know that I love where that's going, and having a character that is that like mentally like warped is a very, very, very interesting thing for me. Um. Another character is probably Legion. Legion's another one. I don't know that well, but the television series made me like at least want to like bend a corner. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's interesting because he actually, from what I heard, his show was good. Legion, yeah, uh, very. I like Legion's show, knowing already who the character, you know. Comic book connoisseur, right? Sure. Different story for me. But, but I, I heard the show itself was actually good, but for whatever reason, amen. it didn't get it didn't get the views. And I think because it he was obscure. Not just that he was well, obscure, but it the, got so up in that FXX switchover. Yeah, there's a bunch of shows. Always Sunny was one of the few that actually survived it. When yeah. FX turned to FXX, they locked out a lot of channels for people. They were on FX, and then FXX split the, the viewership in half. So they didn't know where the shows went. So a show like Legion was stuck on one half or the other. And this was what happens before they put Hulu out there. Once Hulu got out there, 
they were able to separate one set from the other. But until then, shows were just getting lost. And the viewership wasn't high for the that no, show. it wasn't. And it's because of how mind bendy it was. So oh. it was a trip. not a lot of people watched it, but those that did really enjoyed it. Right, it's incredible. It really is. It's different. It's, really it's real different. Invited to jump in in the middle, mm. like there's no. shows like Breaking Bad where you could have jumped in like season four or something like that. Legion not with this. Start from the beginning mm-hmm. because you're like. It's a long trip. But that's different. That's interesting because that is at that point in time. And now we live in a time where it's like, oh, like game, people who haven't watched Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, well, like you can like, yeah, it's the final season. But like you can like watch it. And like people do that. They will mm-hmm. like wait and binge. Um, binging was not a thing, I guess. Well, binging was a thing for Legion because, you know, it went to the platform, Hulu platform the, like the day, next day. The problem mm-hmm. was the show you it's one of those shows you can't just have on in the background sure it's one of those no shows you have to pay attention to it and pay attention in the sense that like sometimes you have to go back and look at who was in the background stuff like that yeah it, it's required, <laughs> required a, a matter of legwork that a lot of shows don't really do anymore mm-hmm. and so i think the viewership was uh those who were dedicated were dedicated and stayed the, but there was no growth because you couldn't just get nuanced viewers to jump in. Mm. Even if you, were you know what Charles Xavier's son, that's not going to draw a lot of people. You know what's good? What proves uh, that I think would prove that it would be better now if something like this were released. Like if Legion were released now, I think it would do better. And the reason why is because something like WandaVision was in that same mold, and so what? was like, um, so you know what I mean. WandaVision, it wasn't everybody's cup of tea, but it was constructed kind of like how Legion's constructed. Mm-hmm. It's like um, a whole world flipped inside out, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything, funny. everywhere, all at once. Everyone's loved that movie, and mm-hmm. the it would it would do well now. Pretty much was doing that already, but in show form. So I think it would work. Um, I totally agree. I think it sounds like Legion was because I also did not watch it, but like it, it sounds like it would be something that could come back and like it would be. Yeah, I hit. I think so. I think you do uh, real well. You heard it here first <laughs> at the Blurred Bar. Legion's coming back. FXXX. Hulu, look at us. Please look at us. Uh, <laughs> please, please, please. Pick us. Right. Um, we, we talked about the comics and how, for you, it's brought you back to some characters that you weren't really uh, from, you know, a, no, not a fan of, uh, but maybe not in the know of and uh-huh. I, think, I think that's important to recognize because uh very interestingly in moon Knight, if in a few of the episodes mm. if you see uh-huh. the qr code that was in the background oh yeah like it took it's you like, to comic yeah. books that were being mm-hmm. referenced in oh i didn't realize that that's cool uh, i think that it's was... the first episode it was a couple episodes yeah but there was a few episodes oh, you can make me rewatch it <laughs> and uh it was like some key uh story points for moon knight and i was like that's really cool and i honestly hope that they continue to do that because but, you know that's only if you really care about it right like it's not a big yeah, thing sure. and as from a filmmaker's perspective if it's just about positioning and making sure it's in the frame cool. it's it's uh-huh. one of those things it was one of those things where like when i learned about like that's what they did i was like oh that's cool I personally I'm not am going not to. gonna go back and like scan, <laughs> but I think that that is cool. And 
because we have those people who will do that. Mm-hmm. You learn about it. Um, well, I mean, it's also like a free comic. You know, people. That's people almost like know. Gravity Falls. If you guys are into cartoons at all, Gravity Falls, like people used to go back and actually decode the the last screen. Oh yeah, those there's wow. a lot of Easter eggs. In oh, Gravity crazy! Falls. And so, um, that's that's uh that's kind of that might be where I tap out. Where it's like, that's ah, funny. that's cool. <laughs> Nope. You know, <laughs> there, there's fans and then there's super fans and then there's nerds. Right. right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We, we've we faced the nine trials. We we, we stood on the mountaintop and our beards have turned white because the sun has kissed our face. Right. And yeah, that's yeah. where that is incredible. <laughs> so I think to that on that note and kind of segueing a bit, um, with comics being made into movies and now they are this mainstream thing um dan always says you know like big the big bang theory kind of helped like ease that along um mm-hmm. and kinda was kind of like the the gateway for a lot of that um for better or for worse for better or for worse <laughs> it is what it that. is people got their back it's fine uh, <laughs> um now we're looking at you know comic cons have you noticed comic cons becoming more of a cultural phenomenon is the only that's for lack of better words, but like, are they more present now or are they, are they more, um, are people coming out more to them and like blurred, you know, like doing more cosplay and all that stuff. Have you noticed a a shift in that direction or is it kind of like, I don't know now, now people just like notice us. It's like we've been we like the same people are here now. Like the here. press is here. Like <laughs> I, I actually think it might be um, a little bit of both because I actually think the people that are into cosplay and are into that sort of thing are now feeling freer to come out. Mm-hmm. And then I also believe that we have a society that's a little bit more open to folks dressing that way. Not like when I was a kid. You couldn't dress up like a superhero when I was a kid. Somebody would chase you home. But mm-hmm. nowadays, having um, these things be such giant properties, like dressing like these characters is no longer a taboo. It's quite the opposite. It's, a, it's an homage, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I actually think that, especially in cons, cons have gotten better to me because they can become more um, specific. They become more like like minute. Like it's really great how granular some cons are. Like just GI Joe, just mm-hmm. Christmas, just mm-hmm. like just, just individual things. It's amazing. <laughs> it's it's funny you say that because I feel I don't always feel positively toward them. Uh, really, cons, and I think one <laughs> I. This, this, I didn't like that was a honest like reaction because he did not talk about this. Before. I'm not, I've never. I keep this to myself. Sometimes I that's keep something. Uh, but let's unpack this real quick. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the cash grab that it's, it's become. Before, mm-hmm. uh, before it was literally the only safe space that nerds across mm. states and. A country could come together and be like, "You like sure. the same thing I do," mm. and I got this cassette tape of Patrick Stewart sneezing into a napkin that I will trade you for, <laughs> you know, tater tot that kind of looks like Lavar Burton, and you're like, "Bet," and it's weird and it's fringe, but 
but you loved it and it was fine and I've, you know what's funny i've never been to one and always wanted to when i was when I, when the even like wizard world never oh one, wow I'm a big fan of people and then on top of that i was also <laughs> if i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with enough money in my pocket to make the experience be the lit oh, the most lit experience you out that on multiple wow. levels multiple levels of wildness i was like if it's not mark hamill at this con like <laughs> like I, I went my brain says i'm going to a con and i'm going there to faint in front of the people that i've like i'm going there for a concussion <laughs> yeah. that's what i'm going, I'm going there to fall in front of them and be like i'm not worthy no i'm not, that's not me. i'm a dad you know, i can't i can't submit myself that way but it's <laughs> great <laughs> young nerd in me was like if i'm going i'm spending the right amount of paper so to have the experience i want that's interesting because for me i don't think i really knew about cons until i understood how broke i was right right so it's like it was like oh cons are a thing oh i ain't got no money that's cool And like the only way you get to them was like a lottery system, bro. Not even because like I mean before, so legit. I say Wizard World because I worked at it um, through a temp agency, mm. and that was like really that was kind of like my first con. But like I was like behind the scenes a little bit. He was working. Hey, but hey, <laughs> lunch break was a thing, and we had some fun. Um, so that's interesting. But then yeah, like to that point, it was Wizard World, and then San Diego, which was like. How am I gonna get there? Like OnlyFans wasn't a thing back then, so like it was like how <laughs> I don't know. Um, so wow. <laughs> and now you know it's not a thing. Right. So, <laughs> but still can be. We'll talk about that off screen. Whoa, but, yeah. You, um, just read, you literally can just read books on OnlyFans with your feet out, and that's enough. There's a fan base for it. Actually, some people that'll pay you to insult them. Hey. And we from Philly. We can roast people. Yo, um, I it's a bedroom arguing in Philly. <laughs> so Comic-Cons. Uh, <laughs> just to bring it back bring a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I, I think, um, but I totally get not wanting to go, especially like if I go to like a San Diego Comic-Con, like, yeah, I want to like save up for that. I want. Yeah. I don't want there to be like, ah, I would, but you know, rent. Yeah, true. Like, <laughs> but what's true. funny now is that, like you said, there's so many of them, and they're so some are so specific, but other ones are so broad still, and trying to imitate. I like the, the glory days. Ones. I think I like the broad. Granted, how many have I been to? Right, but <laughs> you've been to so many. Um, <laughs> but because of that, the challenge seems to be. Uh, who do you get for it? Um, is it going to draw enough people to get for it? Mm. Is anything special going to be announced, right? Like, is there going to be a trailer dropped at this con? Um, and all of it just seems, one, the internet exists. So, like, if I got to wait four hours compared to the guy who spent $400, yeah, like, like... $400 <laughs> to sit in a room with the panel for this and they just kind of like all walk up smile don't really say anything and they're like let's watch this together that's not a experience to me because i'm just broke with another broke person and we're going youtube's gonna love this yeah. <laughs> um i feel Dude, like 
I am only just recently getting to the stage where it's like if there's somebody who I know like off screen, like like now I appreciate meeting um Lucy Lawless. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like now I would appreciate meeting Margot Robbie or Will Smith. You know what I mean? Or those people, Patrick Stewart, like people who are like these iconic characters mm-hmm. and that I now know are like, oh, you're an actor, but like you've I've connected with you to in such a degree that like I know your real name and you're not just Captain Kirk. Right? Damn, so like it's it's only been recent and that's great because like now I like, you know, on the right weekend when I move the money from one account to the other account, mm-hmm. I can actually like possibly think about doing one something day. one day. One day. If only one day. And it's funny because you asked that question about cons and you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. We asked it to, yeah, I'm we, sorry. We had a whole conversation here. He's just laughing Kenny, at us. What do you uh, think yes. about? Cons? <laughs> he, he did say a piece of it, but I felt like we, we jumped well, in. So I, like I said, I, I personally, Based on, especially on on the, the the one that we're putting on coming up, is um, filial Takutan. I I love the idea of something being affordable for everyone, and I love like people getting together based on their passion, um, comic books, video games, that type of stuff. Because honestly, being a, an old school member of Generation X. It, that's kind of how we got by. I mean, we were latchkey kids. We played video games. We read comic books. We, you know, watched almost everything on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, it, just because that's what we had available. That's kind of what raised us. Mm-hmm. So when you see that, like, all the shows have the same tropes and, like, the same, like, television values, it's just a mm-hmm. Generation X or just rewriting the same crap we saw. Oh, <laughs> guarantee you that's what it is. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yes, but I do think that cons are an amazing, amazing function of kind of, yes, it is a cash grab to a degree, but to another sense, it is a gathering place for people and their their fandoms. I mean, and I honestly think we never had anything like this before now. I mean, yeah. it, what's really funny is I saw, I saw a Wonder Woman. Uh, my wife and I we were staying somewhere and we saw a Wonder Woman episode from 1979. It was the comic book convention Los Angeles, no San Diego, nineteen seventy nine. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. I can only imagine. I mean, <laughs> that is a. Wild I have to. Time. I have to watch that because now, now I'm curious because I know Linda Carter probably was losing her mind trying to like keep all the drooling forty five year old men who've never you know who, who've lived in their basement for so long and were allowed to come outside for that one day. And the sun's burning of, them like. <laughs> Why was Linda Carter like the best thing in Wonder Woman '84? Be- <sighs> this podcast best is not thing. long enough. <laughs> not long enough to talk about it. But which one was she? The best thing in the whole movie. She made a cameo. Though? She made a cameo. It's, but it was, she's it was the it. end credit scene. End credits. Oh, uh, I don't even she's remember. The end credit scene. I don't I would, I'll, I'll that YouTube only, that later. I know, right? Like, for punishment, for that, right? Oh, yes. yes. I remember, and it made not. It, it didn't amount to anything, right? Like, it was just no. like, no. Like, all of DC, it amounted to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there was no payoff <laughs> other than the fact that, like, if you knew who she was, you appreciated it. That's, yeah. Yeah. But I, 
Because I forget what she said, but it's something. Was it something about like wearing a suit? I remember. I forget. I'll YouTube yeah. it later. But I, yeah. I just remember the cameo, and I was like, "This was the best part of the movie." Fair. Yeah. So, <laughs> was it? Like seriously, there's the whole thing with it. <laughs> like when you you see Sylvester Stallone's in the credits for Guardians of the Galaxy two, and you're like, okay, <laughs> all right. Like he, his name is in the leading credits, and Sylvester Stallone, and he has one scene, two scenes, maybe two. He has two, and, it, and he hasn't. He's in the end credit too. Yeah, and it's just him like saying, "We'll be back," and you're like, "Oh, if you're a comic book reader, you know." The the somewhat level of importance, but you're like, ah. but more space people we've never heard of. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh snap! Oh, I lost my mind. <laughs> and Kenny, I I would love I would love your your thoughts on this. I feel like end credit scenes have become a moot point. I feel like it's just like don't like I don't feel like staying here anymore. After just <laughs> put it, just put it right after. Just put it's it. Hot it, hot hot hot. Just, it really, it really is. Like I'm just like right. at this I'm point. A, in the game, at this point in the game, you phase right. five, phase but, four, phase but five. You weren't you didn't feel upset after the Captain America one, so you've stayed to this point of the movie. I don't remember. You don't remember that that end credit scene where he's he literally tells you like there's no payoff that, that sometimes there'll be a payoff and then other times there won't be. I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, I, I think the worst one was. Um, oh, so you're still here, huh? <laughs> it not, was it that one? It was uh, what was the movie that was supposed you're to be still crazy? Here, huh? Multi Multiverse of Madness mm. and pizza because like the pizza balls. He was like, it's <laughs> over, and then that, that was it. That was that was, and I'm like, that one Wait, was that was for Sam Raimi fans though. That's there, there, but to me, there's there's actually like for end credits. End credits to me are something that's like quintessentially comic book though. It's like that next adventure on the back, the back page, like the last. Continue. But I can't really rail against it. Do I think it could be like in a shorter format so it's not at the very end of all five years worth that's, of credits? Yeah, that's I agree. That's all I'm saying. I just want to. I just want it sooner. That's but you a, gotta, but you gotta, but you gotta take the devil's advocate side here. Me, I'm that guy that goes, "Thank God, there's a big credit, so all these people can get the hell out, so I don't have to run all over people." Yeah, but like, and, at least the place is clear by the time I, what I want to watch is on. So you know what, you're not wrong. And what's surprising to me about that is that when I go to like the the Marvel movie. Do we not all assume or know that there are going to be end credits? <laughs> my, my favorite part yeah, of the host, at least three. My favorite part of the experience is this: just watching people go by. <laughs> Where are they going? Do they not know? Like they went to a Marvel movie. What do they right? do? Like, like, and even if you don't know, it's you. It's a credit, so like you have time to Google. But my movie experience is more like that: <laughs> seeing people like this. You time right to Google. You see the title. They're going, how many? Oh. How many? How many post credit scenes? Right? Like, I don't need to know oh, what it is. I just know how many. And then there's like there's some dad going. Oh no 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 no! Wait 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 wait! wait, wait. You know what? But I loved it. I loved it better when they did the Marvel one shots, though. To be honest, the mm. one shots were actually perfect. And and I know I know because they have the shows and stuff now. 
But the one shots would take like one unanswered question and just like run with it. Oh, through. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a clean way to do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. One, I think one shot should be, I think it would, one, it would save the MCU from the fatigue that many people suffer from currently. And then secondly, uh, it, it allows for movies to breathe better because you don't have to stuff it with a 20 minute exposition about a character that's only going to be that there guy. for 10 minutes. <laughs> like, like who? Well, one, it would solve a lot of the villain problems because you could introduce, you could introduce these characters in a one shot, go see the movie and yeah. you're like, Oh, I get why they're bad. Um... And it allows the character to develop a little bit more because villains don't develop in Marvel. Movies. Yo, I was, I was trying to explain to somebody how like Batroc, went out in, like, that, that one Captain America movie went out in the Winter Soldier, right? But Batroc is, like, a legit, like, villain. Like, seriously, he's not... I'm not saying a huge villain, but he's a legit villain. He's not small, you he's know? So, he's so long-standing in the Captain America comics. What was his name? Batroc. Batroc. Yeah, Batroc. He's an acrobat. He's French. He's, he's like a saboteur. And has put put hands on Captain America. Lost oh, a, a lot few times. Has put hands on Captain America enough to know that yeah, man. like you again mm. like bro <laughs> bad rock the problem and for him to show up in winter soldier the way he did and then it was just like oh the yeah no no he got murked early like, he's mad. <laughs> even crossbones but I, like how bigger village start? like i said there's a lot of i keep telling people that you keep thinking that the mcu is shorting you on villains but they're not they're all in the the people that they've kicked the crap out of you just don't realize it and they just die in some random explosion, and you never hear yep. from them again. Because yep. well, that's like to be on the payroll of MCU the same way you can pay these an artist actors. to draw. <laughs> or no, like wait, you can't wait. pay for them to be leading actors. Wait till people I'll figure out that like Mephisto is one of the big bads this season, and in, in uh, this this next wave, Mephisto like is like one of the big bads, and nobody's even talking about. Everybody it. keep asking for him. Er, so he, here, no, here, he's there already. He's already there. Here's Already the thing. There. Here's I the haven't thing. seen Ant-Man. I'll be honest with you. And, and No, no. It's not about Ant-Man. He's already there. He was there before Ant-Man. We'll talk about this off screen. Can, we don't have time. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> we might. Because <laughs> I'm going to say something. We can wrap up with this and then we can go. But I okay. feel like, especially since like I want to say phase three, if not two, it's been early. But like you will hear a really, I would hear a really cool fan theory and know for a fa- like now, I before I would hear a really cool fan theory. Oh, that would be really dope. I can't wait to see that happen. It doesn't happen. So now when I hear a really cool fan theory, I'm like, oh, I, I love that for you and I love that for me. I wish that was the truth, but because it's so cool. I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, like, I know a lot of people, I, I've seen a lot of people like, oh, Mephisto, Mephisto, Mephisto. And personally, I I don't know. I don't know him from a can of paint. But ah. because so many people have been talking about him and like, yo, this has to be the way he enters. This has to be like, da, 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 da. No, I'm like, he's there already. I'm, I'm so sorry, you guys. The but the fact that so many people are saying this, I don't. I, I would not hold my breath. All right, so okay, there's two reasons. There are right two now. real reasons. The kids 
the only way the two kids get made, what's the name's uh, Scarlet Witch's kids are right. made from Miss Mephisto's magic stolen. Then there's also um, the gigantic dungeon they were standing in in the middle of um, uh, WandaVision at the end. That that was Mephisto's like dungeon. Even had the markings all over the wall. It did have the mark? It did. And then oh, not just man. that. In the Hulk, She Hulk, She Hulk. One of the end credits. One of the girls that had been turned had uh, made a deal with a goat, and the goat is a sign from Mephisto. He was holding the contract with the um, whole pen in his mouth. He's in that world great. already. That sounds, and this is what I mean. It makes sense. Right. You hear somebody talk about it and like explain it. Oh, yeah, no, that's dope. You know what bugs me I've about? I've been wronged too many times. <laughs> <laughs> you know what bugs me about Mephisto? And this, uh, oh. we can wrap it up from here. But uh, what bugs me about Mephisto is very much the same thing that bugs me about like the way that people invoke the devil in real life. Mm. He, be a t- he be tied to a lot of stuff. You'd be like, that's just the devil. True. And Mephisto be the same way. You're just like, he was that man in the background holding the, <laughs> the baguette. And, you know, Good point. Good point. Like, sounds like he's Deuce Ex Machina. A lot of oh. it is because he. You can explain him away with anything. He he can be everything that's been bad happening for Phase Four. With the beginning of time. I feel like that's what they're gonna do with Kang though. Kang what? Kang's a little different. Kang's not in control as much as he is in the know. Kang's policing. Kang's policing anomalies. You're right. Kang, Kang knows what's going to happen because he's lived these yep. you know, these timelines. It's he's not a, yeah. He's basically yep. affecting like mm. everyday life. Um, we we may not see Mephisto for a minute, and I'm fine with that because once you kind of introduce the devil as a villain, becomes a problem. Real problem. This, this, the political climate now, and yeah, we're not no, ready. It's not even that, but it's just like once you make it's the a devil, faction of it. Once you make the devil the villain, like that's the ceiling as far as storytelling, right? Because well, the next villain becomes God. Ooh, well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask a question that just totally threw. I was gonna ask a final question and that just totally threw me. Um. So, on that note, <laughs> what's coming up next week? <laughs> All right. As as I know, <laughs> we, were, we were pointing to Leo you. Leo Con is happening next weekend from April 12th, uh, 14th through 16th. Yes. It should be a great time had by all and hosted by the Blurred Bar. Thank <laughs> you, guys. <laughs> I, didn't know we were, I thought we were like part of it. But we hosting? We're hosting. We hosting. 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 Part of it. Hosting. Hosting part of it. You're, you're part of it. Hosting or hosting part of it. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Oh, man. Thanks uh, a million. We'll be merch. Uh, there'll be cosplayers galore. Content creators. There's going to be quite a few cosplayers. I've been yeah. seeing the posts that you've been putting up. It's like, it's going to be a, a good old time. Uh, we'll be there doing interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, some few <laughs> small contests. And... Ooh, we're going to talk about big three. Because I've, I've been feeling a certain way in my soul. You my really want to ask people about, about anime? Yeah. That's... I, oh, I feel a way. You might get some people like excommunicated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, no, no. Can we establish what the big three is right here, right now? Well, and then okay. if people contradict that. So no. So the question, the questions will be like, all right, you have your big three, Naruto, Bleach, uh, One Piece. One Piece. My I feel okay. like 
I feel like there is a secret fourth of JoJo, um, but I can probably get into that. That is a secret fourth. You can add JoJo probably. And so the question is, is there another big three? And I don't know if we have... I don't know if we have the roster full enough to fill three spaces. Well, Hunter, I, Hunter, because of the because of the definition of what a big three is, right? You need power scaling. You need multiple. Power beat, power beat, I would power say beat, three power. or more, at least. Maybe I and honestly, uh, five or say, more. Let's say three. Let's say three as a baseline. As a baseline, but Moral maybe for the word bars hat in this arena. Let's say three. Sure. Um, and then an ensemble cast, mm. and it's like. And then you obviously have the popularity. And so, like, I would, I want to say Chainsaw, but here's nope. the thing. Here's the thing. It's new. It's it new. just happened. It's right. Too new. But I'd, I would love I'd to say, put it there. I'd say Demon Slayer. I'd... Demon Whoa. Slayer might be one. Not MHA. MHA. Current arc is nice. MHA is one. I want to put JJK there, but we haven't even gotten the second season yet. But it's so top quality, right? Like, can we say Mob Psycho? Mob Psycho's. I would put that in. Home. I would put that arguably in the secret force. Mob Psycho is real because <laughs> it has that same vibe of JoJo, where the people who know know the f- no, but for real. They they try to. It's not a very open fan base, and that's just me. Uh, we're, we're not going. We can't keep going down this road right now because we don't have time. These are the things that we're going to talk about at Fumio Taco Con. We'll have merch. Uh, we have some games planned, uh, some content questions, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be prepared. We are going to try to do it as big as we can. This is our first time being on the other side of a con. And any. Uh, <laughs> And Philly Otaku and Becky and you know all the people involved that are making sure that this happens and happens well. Uh, we will we will see you guys there. Um, all right, because yeah. you know it's either pay eggs or you know buy eggs or go to a con. And now you can do both. Now you can do both. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, Kenny, always a pleasure, man. You know we could do this. Same for here. Hour. Same here. Um. <laughs> There's just never enough time to talk about nerd stuff. Yeah. Um, yes, indeed. <laughs> That's too many hours spent to doing being professional. That's what it is. Because I, I sometimes nerd out at work, and then I realize time has gone by, and people are like, hey, don't you have a desk? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you, should, never you shouldn't have brought up Mandalorian. I, I was fine. Uh, going to tell my boss that I never nerd out at work because mm. I'm professional. Oh, Sure. My it, boss knows it's it. on a recorded line that I never nerd out at work. So. My boss nerds out, so it's not. I'm not concerned. I'm Fair. fine with it. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else you want to tell the people where they can find you? I can be found at Tomcat23 on Instagram or at the Cherry Street Pier Studio Seven 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 Seven. Oh, was that an echo? It was an echo. He made it. He, you don't even have to do a sound. He did it himself. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Because I was like, <laughs> like, I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. I don't see it. <laughs> uh, quest item. Quest item. We have a quest item at the end of each podcast episode. And okay. so for you, it is your free ticket to Philly Otaku Con. <laughs> oh, 
It's your free souvenir <laughs> ticket. Uh, you know, it doesn't really do anything, but you have it. It's a souvenir. Wow. And you can invoke. It gets you in the door. You know, <laughs> and you can invoke the names of Blur Bar and be like, hey, I know them. And you know who I am? Yeah. You're on the list because it's free and there is no list. Hey. Exactly. As we always like to say here, y'all have a blessed night. Peace.